Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Time once again for instant analysis here on the Bama Online Podcast. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BOL, following the 2023 A-Day game at Bryant-Denny Stadium. The Crimson team snaps a three-game losing streak in the series, defeats the White Squad 30-21. to A lot of quarterback talk to get into on the podcast following the latest and final scrimmage of 2023 Spring drills will also pretty much go around this football team because, again, as we talked about really throughout the spring, it's not just the quarterback position. A lot to figure out for Alabama, a lot of competition in some different areas, a lot of newcomers impacting competition at the different positions around this football team. So, again, it'll be basically a trip around the tide, I guess you could call it. But certainly we'll start with the quarterback spot where Jalen Milrow, in quarterbacking the white team as the starter. 19 of 37 for 245 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions for Jalen. Kind of a mixed bag. You know, I thought the pass rush for the Crimson team was especially problematic for the white team in general. You know, we can get into the offensive line a little bit more later in the podcast, but Elijah Pritchett attempting to nail down that first-team left tackle position, and he had his struggles at times. I thought Q Robinson, conversely, for the uh, Crimson defense, did a really nice job of getting after the quarterback. And, you know, you talk about previous A-days where outside linebackers have proven to be especially problematic for Alabama offenses. I wouldn't say it was to that extent. It wasn't Tim Williams in 2016. It wasn't even Will Anderson and Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell a year ago. But Q Q Robinson, Problemson, how about that? Just go ahead and make it his name. He was a problem for the white offense uh, in this game. And so with that, you kind of got to take that into consideration. But, you know, Jalen had some some good things. I thought he made a couple of throws against cover two to Kendrick Law there in the first half that were especially impressive. Thought he did some things late in the scrimmage once you had walk-ons on the defensive side for the Crimson. That's when you saw Malik Benson really get involved for the white team as a receiver. Had four catches down the stretch there. Benson finishes five for 70 and a touchdown in working with the white team offense. Uh, And then Ty Simpson quarterbacking that Crimson team, 12 of 26, 155, and an interception of his own. So between the two quarterbacks, you had three interceptions. And I thought Milrow's interception to Christian Story there in the first half was the most egregious of the three of the two quarterbacks that we saw uh, throw them in in this scrimmage. Uh, That's just one you can't have right there if you're Jalen Milrow. Again, understanding Pressure was more of an issue for him than it was Ty Simpson uh, in this scrimmage. But uh, Jalen also had one on a Hail Mary there at the end of the second quarter, which you don't hold that against Jalen Milrow. I thought, if anything, Jalen did a nice job in that instance of 
doing what he needed to do, and that was get himself in a position where he could make a throw into the end zone. On the other end, Caleb Downs, the freshman safety, did what he's supposed to do in that situation, and he made the interception. So when you look at it from that standpoint, Ty Simpson's interception there uh, came at the hands of Earl Little Jr., and that was just a hell of a play because in real time, I thought it was a touchdown pass. I thought Simpson had hit um, Kobe Prentice for a touchdown, but what a diving interception by the second-year defensive back in Earl Little Jr. So from a takeaway perspective, turning the ball over, those were the blemishes for Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson. I thought Simpson looked comfortable within the offense, and that's really what I wanted to see as much as anything else. I wanted to see – I know both these guys are athletes. So when Jalen scored on the touchdown run there – in the first half, I, I expected to see a 35-yard run from Jalen Milrow. And then when Ty Simpson answered with a 45-yard run of his own, well, I expected to see that too uh, because I expected quarterback runs to be a part of this offense moving forward with Tommy Reese coming in. But more so in relation to extended plays, I wanted to see these guys within the structure of the offense operate because I thought the depth that wide receivers showed up especially when you looked at the Crimson offense going against the white defense because Antonio Kite still very much in a learning stage. You had Des Ricks at the other corner who reclassified to the class of 2023 and enrolled early at Alabama. So youth being served, no doubt about it, on that white team defense. But I also thought those young defensive backs hung in there pretty good. I thought Saturday was good for guys like Des Ricks and Earl Little Jr., and those uh, those safeties for the white team. Jake Pope, Bray Hubbard, thought they did some nice things as well. We'll talk more specifically about the secondary coming up in just a little bit. But when you break it down in terms of who played with who and who they played against, it was a little bit of everything, as you typically see in a spring game. As far as depth at the quarterback position, I thought that was a positive to come out of Saturday's action. I thought Dylan Lonergan wrote about this in five predictions for A-Day. I wanted to see, I didn't expect to see performances that led me or anyone else to think, oh yeah, that's the guy, and maybe as soon as next season. But I thought in watching Dylan Lonergan and also Eli Holstein that intangibly you had to like what you saw from both of those newcomers. Lonergan went 8 of 14 for 79 yards in a touchdown. That touchdown pass there in the first half where he checked it down to Justice Haynes or hit him on that little angle route. I thought Lonergan showed you. He's very confident and very comfortable working from within the structure of the offense. When he gets to his back foot, he doesn't have a problem getting the ball out quickly and accurately. Now, he had one there in the second half that he was fortunate wasn't intercepted, so it wasn't like every decision he made in the in the scrimmage was perfect. Same for Eli Holstein. Some of the same things in going three of six for 61 yards and an interception. And, you know, his interception, I thought, that was a byproduct of newness. You had kind of a zone read look. You got Ja'Cory Brooks at wide receiver blocking, I guess thinking it's going to be a run for sure. Holstein throws it out there, and Terry and Arnold is able to make a fairly easy interception. So didn't really find that concerning at all. Really 
anything the two newcomers at quarterback did that wasn't positive, I wasn't going to knock them too much for or, or, or hit them too much for because they're so early on in their time in the system. But I thought the positives were definitely there. And, look, I'm not saying that I thought Lonergan looked like a young Brody Croyle in that number 12. I'm just saying the kid showed me he's not scared. And I'll say the same for Eli Holstein. was very impressed with the two young quarterbacks when you talk about for the future. As far as the immediate situation at quarterback, I think it's still TBD. Uh, I don't come away from the scrimmage feeling like one or both of these guys can't do what needs to be done at the quarterback position for Alabama in 2023. Uh, But I also can't tell you for certain that if Alabama finds itself in a game this season where it has to really load up on the quarterback and ask the quarterback to carry the offense and maybe even this entire team to a win, I'm not to that point of being comfortable with telling you that Jalen Milrow, Ty Simpson are at a point where they're going to be able to do that. Now, what we do know and what we certainly expect when we look ahead to the fall with this offense is much more of a presence from the run game. You know, these spring games, these spring scrimmages a lot of times, they can turn into borderline seven-on-sevens. And so with Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson, you had, what, a combined 63 pass attempts? And that doesn't include called pass plays or plays in which the first option or an option was to throw the football and these guys ran it or got pressure or got sacked. So you have to take that into account as well. And then also Eli Holstein and Dylan Lonergan combined for 20 pass attempts. Hell, even Jermaine Burton attempted the pass off the end around in which he had as wide open of receivers as we really saw all day. He chose Kobe Prentice, but he had Chaz Preston running even more wide open before throwing that incompletion in the direction of Kobe Prentice. But the run game, I liked – here's what I liked about the run game. I liked a couple things. I liked the offensive line play at times. Uh, and when we get into the offensive line in that first group, it was what we expected with Elijah Pritchett at left tackle, Darian Dahlcourt left guard, Seth McLaughlin at center, um, right tackle, J.C. Latham, right guard, Tyler Booker. I like the direct nature of some of those runs. They were very much more so a perimeter-oriented run game, Alabama was, in 2022. I thought you saw some suddenness uh, in the run game. Jace McClellan, seven carries, 37 yards. Uh, Roydell Williams, who I thought was impressive, four carries, 23 yards. Roydell also did a nice job as a receiver. We saw that from the backs as well on Saturday. Um for the Crimson team, you saw Justice Haynes, just three touchdowns for Justice Haynes in his spring game debut. A couple of those on the ground. Uh, he also had the touchdown reception that he had from Dylan Lonergan. Jam Miller, eight carries, 23 yards. So I thought you saw some good stuff from the rushing attack. I think we still, we all know that when fall gets here, at least in terms of establishing what this offense is about, from the outset of games, I think it'll be more so about the run game than it was Saturday, to be sure. And then we get into the receiving options. And as we said, Malik Benson was at his best later in the scrimmage. And look, you give the, the, the those first couple of corners a lot of credit for this. Uh, it wasn't easy 
for white team receivers, wide receivers there, as long as Kool-Aid McKinstry and Terion Arnold were out there and Caleb Downs, the freshman safety, Christian Story had another spring game interception and Malachi Moore working at the star position. So, you know, Benson did his best work late in the scrimmage. I thought Kendrick Law showed you some of that toughness and just really football ability. Just a football player, Kendrick Law. He caught two passes for 63 yards. Both of those were those kind of hole shots against cover two where it's not just about the throw being what it needs to be. And I and I give Jalen Miller a lot of credit for those. But, boy, uh, Law's a tough dude. You know, we saw some drops. We saw too many drops from Alabama wide receivers in this game. Jermaine Burton had one of note. I think, uh, well, Isaiah Bond had a couple in the middle of the field. And some of these drops in the middle of the field, and I know Nick Saban said post game that, look, that really went against, those drops really went against what he had seen from the wide receivers throughout spring practice. So, uh, that was good to hear because, of course, we don't see really anything else of spring practice. And so the drops that were an issue during the 2022 season, according to Nick Saban in the 14 practices leading up to Saturday, hadn't been prevalent uh, like they had been last season. But they were there on Saturday. And again, from some guys that you're going to be counting on to be 30, 40, 50-plus catch guys, uh, that's not something you want to see. But Kendrick Law wasn't one of those guys. I thought Ja'Cory Brooks had a nice adjustment on a ball from Eli Holstein to make a good grab there in the first half. And, you know, Emmanuel Henderson showed you. Showed you he can work inside against a slot corner the caliber of a Malachi Moore and still get more than adequate separation on his touchdown catch there in the second half. I liked the route as much as anything else. That looked like a polished receiver in kind of taking – Malachi to the inside before breaking it back to the outside and a, a really nice ball there uh, from Milrow on the touchdown pass to Emmanuel Henderson. Uh, as far as the Crimson team is concerned, again, Kobe Prentice, three catches for 27 yards. The true freshman Jalen Hale, I thought, showed you some good things. Three catches, 27 yards of his own. Tight ends we expected to be a big part of this. Uh, it wasn't so much. In terms of the offensive approach on Saturday, a lot of spring games we've seen Alabama, it's going to be 11 personnel, three wide receivers. It's going to be 12 personnel with two tight ends. Um, You know, I think that was going to be in play once again on Saturday, and it was. Uh, I wouldn't take anything out of it, however, in terms of how Alabama went about its business uh, conceptually on Saturday as far as how much 11 personnel was on the field, how much was 12 personnel on the field. Um, It's obviously going to be a more week-to-week and specific approach uh, once you get into the fall and the games matter. But you did see, I thought Danny Lewis did some good things as a second-year tight end, four catches for 30 yards. I think he also showed you in the run game there's a willingness there and – Uh, kind of an edge that this guy will get after you through the whistle where the blocking is concerned. C.J. Dupree, the transfer from Maryland, was uh, included in this thing. One catch for six yards uh, in the game. And then you look at the Crimson side, Miles Kitzelman came over from the junior college ranks about a year ago. Three catches for 36 yards. Uh, Amari Nyblak, three catches for 12 yards. He, too, had one of those drops. So, 
you know, you didn't have Robbie Oots available this spring, so that was a notable absence. But still, compared to a year ago, at least in terms of legitimate numbers, legitimate depth, you had scholarship tight ends in the program a year ago at this time. But as far as guys that if you played tomorrow, you'd feel good about putting out there at the position, uh, much better situation at tight end uh, for Alabama than it was a year ago. So let's talk about the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, safety's very much involved in this scrimmage on Saturday. Jake Pope working with that second sort of group there on the white team defense. Uh, scrimmage high, 10 total tackles. He had a sack. I uh, had a couple of pass breakups. He showed you in striking Jermaine Burton down the sideline there in the second half. Jake Pope doesn't have a problem. And that's where some of these drops maybe showed up a little bit too. Maybe this was the culmination of some of these wide receivers taking some big shots from guys like Caleb Downs and uh, Jake Pope and some of these other safeties. But Malachi Moore, conversely, for the Crimson defense, a safety by trade, but, of course, working at the star position predominantly on Saturday. He goes for nine tackles. And, look, pressure was a big part of this thing. You, know, you think spring game, you think, eh, not going to be a lot in the way of blitzing, not going to be exotic. I don't think it was exotic, but – we saw the Alabama defense, whether it was the white, whether it was the crimson, Kevin Steele and his return to UA, he was dialing up some numbers. And you see that and you think, wow, this this must be what Alabama's going to do a lot of defensively. Yeah, I think Alabama's going to bring pressure. But I got the sense that with these two quarterbacks and you're still trying to figure out some things, not only at quarterback, but blitz pickups with your offensive line because you've got some different things working inside right now at the guard position and at tackle. you got some young backs you're going to be counting on in pass protection. I, I think a lot of the pressure on Saturday had as much to do with getting the offense the looks it needs this time of year as well. But Caleb Downs, we talked about him, uh, up to the billing. I'd say, on Saturday with eight tackles, five solos, had a tackle for loss. He had that interception in the end zone as the second quarter expired. I thought the corners were what you would want to see, at least your top corners. Terry and Arnold, five solo tackles and an interception that we talked about earlier that really seemed to come more on a miscommunication. But, hey, nice job of awareness by Terry and on that play. You know, the opportunity to take the football away doesn't present itself all that often. And as we saw in 2022, when it did at times, Alabama wasn't able to make good on those opportunities. Really a Saban era low when you talk about takeaways for the Alabama defense in 2022. So, hey, any opportunity you get, take advantage of it. Terrion did that. And, of course, Kool-Aid McKinstry working at the other corner uh, looked every bit the All-American that you expect him to be in his third year in the program had a couple of solo tackles, a couple of pass breakups. You really wonder in the upcoming season how much is he going to get challenged on a week-to-week basis. So Terry and Arnold and the star position, I would think, will be uh, popular, popular people when it comes to opposing offensive passing game plans. And, you know, hey, you still got to be able to take care of business when the ball does come your way, and Kool-Aid did that, I thought, on Saturday. And you know, I like the physicality in general 
of the defense. And I know that typically goes back to the safety position. I liked that when you saw some runs that looked like they had potential, whether it was Justice Haynes or another back, there was a safety like Bray Hubbard or Jake Pope or Caleb Downs or Terry and Arnold, uh, excuse me, Christian Story coming up and really closing up the grass, shutting that window uh, quickly and with authority. And again, Downs, you know, we've heard Nick Saban talk about him in terms of being advanced and his maturity, but this is a guy that isn't reckless. He doesn't take a lot of chances, but he's also not passive or timid. You know, when that, when it's time, at the moment of truth, uh, he's poised, he's disciplined, uh, but he's a finisher, it appears, as well. Now, you look at the backup corners, and again, as I said earlier, I thought Saturday was good for guys like Des Ricks and guys like Jalil Hurley, who gave up an explosive to Jermaine Burton there later in the scrimmage, and uh, Antonio Kite. You know, these are guys that, barring a situation where you're able to find a diamond in the transfer portal here in the coming weeks, and that's going to be another part of this storyline moving forward, uh, with just a week of the portal being open that we still have in front of us, uh, who knows how some of this is going to play out from a roster perspective. But, you know, I think the likelihood of Alabama being in a position where it just has to pour a ton into some of these young corners is a very real possibility. And then there's also a possibility that you go to some other veteran defensive backs that maybe aren't corners right now but have it in their background and say look we, we're probably gonna have to rep you up a little bit at corner too in case you know something happens and we need you at that spot so it's kind of where Alabama's at from a numbers perspective but you know you came away from Saturday I think still feeling pretty good about the future of those positions both safety and corner you know inside linebacker you expected the competition to show up on the field I thought it did Trez Marshall was solid he had four total tackles, including two solos. Did a pretty good job in pass coverage. Um, you had him working with, initially, Jihad Campbell, who had a couple of tackles of his own, had a sack in the scrimmage on Saturday. Uh, you had some guys on the other side of the football at the inside linebacker position, like Kendrick Blackshire, eight tackles for the veteran, seven solos. He also had a sack. Again, the pressure was being dialed up on uh, more than a few occasions. Justin Jefferson, the junior college transfer, I thought showed you some off-the-ball ability that you hope to see from him. He had six tackles. He had a pass breakup playing in coverage. Um, you know, you also had some situations against the zone read. Jalen Milrose touchdown run there in the first half, whether that was on the outside linebacker on the play or the uh, inside linebacker on the play. Uh, I think somebody didn't take the football there. Uh, you also had a, a check down to to Justice Haynes there in the first half where it uh, looked like maybe your, your white team uh, inside linebacker didn't take a back uh, out of the backfield there. So, you know, you had some of those errors. But uh, just on its face, I thought there were a lot of positives from the inside linebackers. And, of course, you consider Deontay Lawson wasn't out there. So that makes you feel even better about inside linebacker. Outside linebacker, uh, no Dallas Turner, no Chris Braswell. So really a day for Q Robinson to shine, and he did that. You know, he had three solo tackles. Two of those were sacks. Uh, Keanu Coat, it looks like, hopefully, 
This is a guy after a couple of years in the program is starting to work through all the injury issues he had his first couple of seasons at Alabama. He had a couple of sacks of his own in the scrimmage working on, along with Q Robinson with that Crimson defense. And then, you know, you had some other guys on the other side, Jeremiah Alexander with a couple of tackles for loss in a sack. So the outside linebacker position was represented. I thought Quay Rusal showed you some positive things. And I know you think of Quay Rusal as a newcomer and you look at his high school film and you think, man, this guy is going to be at one hell of a pass rusher. And I, I think that's the potential too. But what I liked about Quay Rusal on Saturday was that he showed me he's fine with the physical aspect of it. You know, setting edges, being physical, staying in the fight. That You know, there were times in 2022 where Alabama wasn't good enough in those areas. And I thought that was good to see from Quay Rusal. Uh, on Saturday as well. So you get up front with that defensive line and you're looking for some guys that in addition to being solid and kind of uh, blockers for inside linebackers, you know, keep those offensive linemen off. Guys like Deontay Lawson and Trez Marshall and um, Jahad Campbell and the rest of these guys. Uh, oh, but Jaheim Otis had three tackles. It's going to start right there with the big man from Mississippi. A couple of those were solos. And this is something that's going to carry over into the fall. It was very good to see Justin Aboigby out there with that first group, with Jaheim Otis and Tim Smith, because uh, Justin had a couple of tackles in the scrimmage. He had a sack. So uh, you've got a lot of solid guys. Are you going to have that war daddy? emerge between now and especially Texas on September the 9th. Uh, Still trying to work through some of that, but a lot of guys got opportunities, no doubt about it. Tim Keenan, the big man on the inside was among them, and Quinn Barnes. You can pretty much go down the list. Edrick Hill, Isaiah Hastings, a lot of guys with a lot of reps in the scrimmage on Saturday afternoon. So that's kind of a defensive look at the 8A game for 2023, special teams, um, you saw some primary candidates where the return game is con- concerned. Now, you know, obviously, uh, returns weren't live, but guys like Isaiah Bond, guys like Kool-Aid McKinstry, guys like Caleb Downs, guys like Emmanuel Henderson, um, they make a lot of sense when you, when you think about punt return, kickoff return with Jameer Gibbs moving on to the National Football League. Will Riker does what he typically does. Uh, he did have a miss from 50 into the win there in the second quarter, but he was good from 22. Upton Bellenfont, how about that for an 8A name? That's up there with the all-timers. In support of Will Riker, he goes 2-3 of three on field goals. Now, he missed a 52-yarder there in the fourth quarter where I thought he just tried to get a little too much into it. I had the wind helping him. But what I liked was you could tell that he learned from it. He gets another opportunity about a minute and a half later with about 46 seconds left there in the in the scrimmage, and he drills a 49-yarder going the same way. So Bellenfont, good from 39, good from 49. James Burnup got some opportunities. Uh, gosh, I guess between the white and crimson teams, uh, he had 14 punts. A little bit better from the crimson perspective. I think maybe James got a little tired, a little leg-weary as the game wore on because uh, third downs weren't always pretty 
for either offense in this game. In fact, when you look at it from both the white and crimson combined perspective, 6 of 29 on third downs. Crimson team won the football game, won the scrimmage, and went 1 of 14 on third downs. The two teams attempted three fourth downs, went 1 of 3 combined on those. So that's kind of a uh, around-the-tide look, I guess you could say, at A-Day 2023. Uh, still some things to be determined. I, I walked away from this, when you look at it, from a position competition perspective. Is quarterback settled? I don't tend to think so. Is left tackle settled? I don't tend to think so. I think there are still some things in play there. I think Elijah Pritchett's going to be fine. I'm not sure if it's going to be as soon as this season. I'm not sure if it's big picture-wise at left tackle. Maybe it is. I guess what I'm saying with Elijah Pritchett is I need to see more. Uh, I know Caden Proctor's in that mix. I thought the newcomers along the offensive line did some good things. I like the right side of Olas Alinen at right guard and Miles McVeigh at right tackle there that we saw. I thought Wilkin Formby came on and did some nice things at right tackle as well. I think Caden Proctor, in all likelihood, is still very much in the mix to be in that first five once we get into fall camp and into the you know scrimmages and uh, those type of things in August. So. To be determined. Now, you know, I think the interior is fine. If you go with Darian Dahlcourt at left guard, I think you're going to be fine with Seth McLaughlin at center, Tyler Booker at one of those guard positions. I, I, I don't, I don't think you have a an, an issue there. You'll still have competition. I could still see that. Uh, but left tackle, and maybe it's J.C. Latham that goes over to left tackle. Maybe it's Elijah Pritchett that nails that job down. Maybe it's Caden Proctor at left tackle. Maybe it's J.C. Latham at left tackle with Caden Proctor at right tackle. Well, still, a lot of things still that could be in play with that offensive line. And don't forget, I mean, you still have, when we talk about pass rush too, while it was good to see some veterans like Q. Robinson have the performances they had and a healthy Keanu Coot for a change, you still got Keon Keeley coming in here. You still have Yonze Pierre coming in here. And as much as you like that running back room right now, you still got Richard Young coming in at the running back position. So still a lot to take into consideration looking forward. And as I said earlier, transfer portal stays hot. And it'll be hot for the next week or so until it closes uh, coming up on the 30th, I guess that is. So you're going to want to keep it locked. BamaOnline.com, and certainly from a recruiting perspective, not just with football, because it was a huge weekend for visitors, as you've kept up with that at BamaOnline.com on the recruiting front for football, but also some basketball recruiting news on a Saturday from the transfer portal. So check out BamaOnline.com for all of that. Tim Watts, Hank South. Charlie Potter, Kirk McNair, myself, we're going to do our very best to keep you up to speed with all things Crimson Tide. And also, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, the Bama Online Podcast, we certainly hope and hope you'll consider doing so. Simple as a click or two, if you'd leave us a rating and a review, that would be greatly appreciated as well. Thanks again for joining us here for Instant Analysis following the 2023 8A scrimmage. And until next time, so long, everybody.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.